Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WHAT, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling. We are located in the old tutoring center suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for our non-traditional campus. My name is Grace, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Whitney, and my pronouns are she, her. We are all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be the hosts of this podcast. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to What's Up. Hi, Grace. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Whitney? I'm great. I'm feeling... (laughs) You did not just say you're great. You're doing great. I know. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to say how I feel. I'm yeah, great. Um, That's I awesome. Had... Don't feel ashamed of feeling great. I know. It's better than feeling not great. So yeah. I'm happy to be here. Happy to see your face today on a Monday. Um, what did you do this weekend? Oh, what did I do this weekend? This okay. Every single time we record, we're like, "What did you do this weekend?" And every time, my answer is, "My weekend was fine. I didn't do much." And it's because I don't do much. <laughs> um, my weekend was good. I took kind of like a like an off day on Saturday. I just kind of not. I wouldn't say like isolated myself because that sounds like bad. But I did kind of just hang out by myself and just kind of stayed in bed and tended to things that I wanted to tend to, um, which I, it's nearing the end of the term and I kind of need to like ramp up getting stuff done, but you know, it was kind of a, it was like a self-care day, but it was very much like an, a self-induced self-care. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing that you didn't do anything. Like I think everyone needs those days. Yeah. Um, so no, I think it's great that you took the time to just yeah. lay in bed and do nothing because yeah. everyone it wasn't necessarily like intentional though. It was just the sort of thing where I was like, okay, this is happening. So I leaned into it rather than trying to guilt myself into not leaning into it, which I guess is the defining difference between mm-hmm. a self-care day and like a can't get out of bed type of day. So I kind of just owned it. I was like, you know what? Mm, I'm going to own this. I'm just yes, going to make Grace. myself a little smoothie and, yes. uh, you know try to get back on my feet and then the next day I did get back on my feet so but I really I truly just did not do much this week <laughs> um but did no, you I do love anything that. fun did you do anything exciting so nothing Ooh. too exciting no I I really didn't do anything either I was supposed to go on a hike but Friday like the weather was just really bad like it was just rainy yeah. and so I didn't go on a hike But instead, I just got a bunch of work done. So I was just, I guess it was a productive weekend. Um, And I'm watching, like, I was, like, watching Netflix and I started this new, like, book. So I guess, like, I'm taking the time for myself, just like you, Grace. But I was kind of sad I didn't get to go on the hike. But there will be warm days ahead, hopefully. Whitney, you and I can go on a hike. That'll be fun. <laughs> we should go on a hike. Oh you're not Ooh. you're not holding back your like laughter. Um, I will go on a hike with you, which says okay. a lot about our relationship and our friendship because yeah. it's not something I say to many people. I know. I, I do want to get seem like a hiker, Grace. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> okay, Whitney. I feel we're like I'm talking you- about. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna talk about nature in a yes. couple episodes coming up. So we'll save the hiking and the nature for okay um, an episode coming up. But today we're gonna be talking about affirmations and self talk. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about this. I yeah. think it's probably the most thing that I like struggle with. Yeah, in my I agree. self like I don't know what were we calling it our like self talk. Or our inner monologues? No, no, no. Remember how we were saying, um, oh, not our self-care journeys, but our- Our mental health Mental journey. health journeys. Yes. yes, that was the word. Our journeys together. Our journeys. Okay, because <laughs> I, I agree, self-talk is really hard for me. I don't even know what a self-affirmation is, if I'm being honest. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I do know what it is, but like, that is all theory. I'm not putting that into practice. I'm not- I'm not practicing. I'm theorizing yeah. what I'm talking about. Self-affirmations and like self-talk. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I just don't really practice mindfulness, um, mm-hmm. which we'll get into. But um, do you want to kind of, I feel like self-talk and self-affirmations are so different because your self-talk doesn't have to be self-affirming all the time. Whereas self affirmation is more self-explanatory, but what are the definitions of these two terms? Yeah. So the definitions that I really liked from the internet um, for self-talk, your self-talk shapes your beliefs about who you are and how the world works and where you fit into it all. And I think this was a really good definition because I like what you said, Grace, just because you say, or like your self-talk isn't always positive but it definitely does shape like who you are as a person and how you view the world so I really liked this definition Um, and when we're talking about self-affirmation that is a type of self-talk or it's self-directed statements specifically to your own personality traits important areas of your life values and your self-concept So the whole idea that we're going to talk about today is having positive self-affirmation because you can really just, or sorry, go ahead. I was going to say you can have very negative self-affirming talk as well. Like self-affirmation doesn't intrinsically mean positive. Um, And I think I struggle the most with self-affirming negativity, like a lot of guilt and shame around school and stuff like that like I can continuously self-affirm that guilt and shame which has made it harder to like move along with certain things mm-hmm. that's just like my personal way of I think that's how I'm navigating self-affirmations and self-talk right now it's like a lot of stuff surrounding like I don't want to say it again but like guilt and shame again oh, yeah <laughs> you know yeah I mean? um But I think that's like something I've been like thinking about a lot is how I'm thinking about these things that are making me feel uncomfortable feelings or negative feelings. Yeah. Um, And so technically any type of self-talk about yourself is affirming something. So if your self-talk is negative, it's kind of like affirming those fears or guilt that you may have. And it's the whole idea of like the more you repeat it, the more you believe it. And like vice versa, the the more you believe it, the more you're going to repeat it. And so it's really just this vicious cycle of confirmation bias. And when we're having that self or that negative self-image and negative feedback 
Um, if we keep thinking that, we're just going to keep repeating it. It's this whole cycle. Um, and it's really important to remember that the person in this really like mind blown when I read this was like the person who talks to you the most is you. Like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know why that blew my mind, but I was just like, sitting with it. <laughs> yeah, it was really like, duh, of course. Like, so it's really important to think of what you're telling yourself yeah. and those thoughts that you that you have. And like Grace and I were saying, it's very hard to, first of all, acknowledge when you're in those like negative when you're in that negative self-talk and then it's hard to just shift your mindset when you're in that place because it's just hard to kind of get back to a positive mindset when you're in that negative space yeah um but it's really important to practice 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 um more positive self-affirmations yeah and I think also like this is something just the way that what you just said where you're saying like you talk to yourself the most out of anybody else. Um, I lived alone last year and that was a super surreal experience. Like I really enjoyed living alone and I wish that everybody could at least try it once in their life. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I did, I did have days where, or like weekends or something where I wouldn't like talk to anyone for like 24 hours except my dog. And like, I wouldn't think much of it. And then I would reflect back on like the next day or like I would start interacting with someone and I'd be like, oh my gosh, and then you're the first person I've talked to in like literal hours or whatever. Um, I always say that I haven't been like properly socialized some days. Like I'll be like, I didn't, I wasn't like properly socialized. Like I saw people and I talked to people, but I didn't have engaging conversations. And that to me is like properly socialized. Like my social needs are met by them, but having that like self-talk and kind of falling into it it can be hard to like get out of it if you're not um, actively trying to step outside of your self-talk, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, you have to, like you said, Whitney, like really shift your mindset to include more positive self-affirmations, but it does take a lot of practice. But through that practice is a lot of benefits as well. So these benefits to self-affirmations is like giving us a sense of adequacy and control in stressful situations. Um whether it be like a relationship or like a um, social situation or something like that or grades or school or stuff like that um, and like where your ideas of being quote unquote good enough and where they're coming from so I think that this kind of goes back to what I was saying about internal feelings of shame and guilt and not getting school stuff done or like falling behind in school a lot of it comes down to the point where I'm like not feeling good enough even though my body and my mind are reacting to the current reality that's happening right in front of me. Um, so it's like really hard to kind of fall out of or like step back from that because I don't know what, I feel like I'm kind of rambling, but does that make sense, Whitney? Like it's really hard to um, step outside of your current situation and like reevaluate your self-talk when you're so used to something being the same way, I guess. Yeah, no. And I can totally relate to the idea of feeling good enough. Um, and I can give a little example because of how difficult it is for me because I can, it happened a couple of weeks ago and I feel like I can laugh about it now. Um, so I was bartending at the restaurant a couple of weeks ago and I'm like learning how to bartend and like learning the lin lingo 
And so someone, so we have a menu and I only know how to make the drinks on the menu. I'm not like super knowledgeable about yeah. other cocktails and stuff or just shots either because yeah. no one really orders shots at a brunch restaurant. It's like rare. <laughs> I'll be the first. I'll be the first. I'll come <laughs> it's in. It's really rare. Like no one usually comes in, right? And orders the shot. And my coworker put in a shot of something on the rocks and I didn't know what on the rocks was. And I felt so like stupid at the time. I was like, how the heck do I not know what on the rocks is? I've been bartending for a while now. Like it's, and now looking back, I'm like on the rocks think like obviously it's ice now mm. looking back and I could like laugh about it but at I the do time, have to say I have to say though Whitney like you're 22 you're yeah we're but okay 23 22 <laughs> okay but it, at the same time like we are in a very interesting time period where both of us turned 21 during a pandemic where there's yeah. like no mm-hmm. chance to learn anything about going out like when I go out with my friends and I order something I'm like oh my God, they know that I'm 19. And then I look oh at my, my ID gosh, and I'm yeah. like, I'm fully 22. Like, I don't know <laughs> what I'm thinking. I'm like drenched in sweat. Like, oh my God, how do I even order? Like, they're going to think that I'm a child because I am. Mm-hmm. Like, because I never like learned that type of like bartending language. Yeah. The lexicon of mixology, let's call it. But like, I, I, don't, I don't blame you for not knowing that, especially because both of us I don't know, are in a weird situation where neither of us have really had the chance to go out as much. So don't be so hard on yourself is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly true. And it, it did take me a while because in that moment I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't know what on the rocks was. Like, I can't believe I feel this way. And like, it's that whole idea, like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough to be bartending. And like, that whole idea. And so that's just like an example of how difficult it can be to get out of that mindset. And I was working, like I was on the job. And so I needed to just not necessarily do it quickly, but I needed to really change my mindset in order to continue throughout the rest of the day and like still have a working, like, I don't know, um, working mentality. Yes. Working mentality. And so I had to tell myself those things like Whitney, you're Mm -hmm. only 23. Like you don't have to know every single thing about bartending or anything in life really. Yeah. So I don't think, I mean, in some, even in my life, like alcohol is really not a part of my life, like hardly at all. Like when I hang out with friends, it's not centered around alcohol or any sort of like substances necessarily, which isn't like a bad thing, but like, I know people who just like go out all the time with their friends and they just like go and get drinks. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to get drinks. I'm like, that is so alien to me because me and my friends like go to each other's houses and do like friendship bracelet crafts. Like that's not, it's not, neither is like better or worse, but also I think it's just like a matter of learning. It's like a learning curve, especially because I think we're both pretty similar. Like neither of us are really going out all the time either. So it's part of a learning about, curve. We're big partiers. Actually, yeah, never mind. I take back everything I just said. See me and Whitney at CC Slaughter's every single weekend. We will be there performing with the drag queens. <laughs> no, but I think that like talking about this and like good enough, the whole concept of it is really important um, to acknowledge because we're taught, I mean, at least I was taught like that I'm constantly striving to be better and like, cause the current version of myself is not good enough. And so 
having that like mentality, that self-talk where it's like, I think a lot of people use shame as a way of a motivator. And that's still the biggest motivator that a lot of people use is shame or like hypocrisy or like getting back at someone or something and like improving your past self so that your current self can be better, but it's never, it's never, ever good enough. It's always something that is, you'll eventually be good enough. But I mean, like I see, uh, like, I don't want to like body image stuff with like older women where they're still, they're like fully in their sixties. They lived long lives, sixties, seventies, eighties, like older women, whatever they've lived long, beautiful lives. They've carried children. They've had children, whatever. And then they're still hard on their body. And it's like, it's never going to be good enough. You're going to be dying and you're going to be wishing that you were better. It's like that sort of thing where that self-affirmation, they're just there. They spent their whole life affirming that they're not good enough. So having that um, idea of where these motivators or where these toxic ideas of being good enough are coming from, it could be family, it could be culture, it could be some traumatic event that you've had or past traumas. And it can also be capitalism, um, which point blank period capitalism yeah of course that's guiding you towards not being good enough it's um keeping you in the trenches working um and then once you kind of figure out the root of this in sense of inadequacy you can gain more control in stressful situations and disrupt these perfectionist cycles and the impossible expectations that we set for ourselves um and then they also kind of help us react in a non-defensive way when our ego is bruised. I think that is a really important bullet point to talk about because if you're having all these self, all these negative self-affirmations, you're not going to react in a good way if your ego is bruised. Whereas if you're like constantly practicing self-affirming talk and like stuff like that, you might be able to take your ego out of it and react in a less defensive way or react in a positive way that helps you. Um, it can encourage our open-mindedness, boost our self-control reserves, feel less stressed on exams, and improve problem solving and creative thinking in high-stress situations. Um, Whitney, do you have any explanation on our self-control reserves, or do you want me to explain that? You can explain that part. <laughs> okay. Okay, I can explain it. So self-control reserve is kind of like a skill that you have that develops over time. It helps you manage your emotions, your impulses, your movements. So it's kind of like your backup capacity to new stressful situations or um, something like not being super reactive in the moment. It's like a proactive mode of inevitable reactions, if that makes sense. Um, and then Additionally, having positive self-affirmations and good self-talk, you can um, protect yourself against the effects of negative chronic stress, which, okay, like <laughs> I'm not a spokesperson for chronic stress, like to speak out about it because mm -hmm. it's something that I experience every single day. And I know that it's like every single family member of mine suffers from chronic stress. So the outlook is not looking good for me, which in turn stresses me out, which makes it worse. Um, we can touch on that later, but um, oh, I love that you're sharing the <laughs> truth about it. Thank you for letting me speak my truth, Whitney. I'm chronically stressed all the time. Um, but yeah, like as we all know, science is showing us the relevance of this chronic stress and it shows how much if you continue these negative self-affirmations, you're going to become 
you're going to have lesser self-esteem. You're going to not want to push your boundaries. It's going to just be like, you're just going to believe that you can't really do anything if you can consistently tell yourself that you're not able to do something. And then that's like in turn trapped in a negative cycle. And um, I think that this is a point where a lot of people have reached or a lot of people have reached this point of this cycle where it's like, you're just so down on yourself that pretending to or like starting off with well-being or mindfulness or self-affirmations can be super daunting, even if you do know the benefits of it, because it's so hard when you are so used to having negative self-affirmations and negative self-talk to just all of a sudden do like 180 and be like, actually, never mind. I am beautiful. I do have a great personality. I do bring stuff to the table. And like being able to do that 180 in and of itself is so difficult. And then making yourself believe it on top of it, like it is a major hurdle for a lot of people. And it's a major hurdle for me too, because I'm not about to just wake up in the morning and be like, actually, I am beautiful. I was like, that is something that I've battled with my entire life, like body image, stuff like that. So to just like wake up one day, it's not a process that is short. It's a lifelong process. And going back to what I was saying, I feel like a lot of older people, especially older women, never get the chance to break out of that shell. And like, because they were raised and we are raised as female presenting people to be super hard on ourselves. So Whitney and I aren't expecting people who are listening to this to just be like, okay, I'm going to start talking positively about myself because it's a trans, it's a genuine transformation that takes years, if not like lifetimes to figure out, but that's not necessarily bad. I mean, I don't want to reach a goal or ever have, I don't want that to be my goal to feel like good enough for self affirmations or like self positive self-talk. I don't want that to be like an end goal for me. I want it to be something that I just like continually focus on in my life because there will never be a time when I feel like that. It's always going to be a process. So yeah, it's definitely going to be difficult when you're trying to change your mindset and do that 180. And it's difficult for me too, Grace. Um, And I just want to say like, it's okay to have those really great days and be confident and like live your, I was going to say, can we swear on this? <laughs> like basically just like be a bad bitch. Like we all love it, but then it's also okay to just have those yeah. bad days. And like knowing that the next, like as cliche as this is, like every day is a new day. Like, just take it day by day and, like, just try to practice these self-affirmations. And to be honest with you, sometimes if I'm really having a bad day, I'll just Google them. Because I just, sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what to say to myself. Like, I'm not in the mood to be positive. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just Google it. And that's Um, a tool. Like, that's not, I don't think you should be, like, embarrassed by that. Like, that's just, like, something that you've learned helps you and it's a tool for you which is really sweet I think it's nice that you have the ability to acknowledge when you are needing those things and just because like if you're in a place where you're needing to google them obviously you shouldn't expect yourself to just be able to come up Mm -hmm. with them Mm -hmm. so I admire that yeah and so I wanted to share some of our favorite self-affirmations um and so I'll just read them I choose to surround myself with people who make me feel secure and safe. I am deserving of love. I will make mistakes and learn from them. I am resilient when my circumstances change. My needs and wants are important. I am important. 
And so I just think these examples of affirmation or self-affirmations are really good. And I personally use some of them. Um, and so I would definitely recommend if you're struggling or having a bad day, um, definitely just Google some positive self-affirmations because yeah. um, I definitely think it'll be helpful. Yeah, um, I agree that it is definitely helpful. And like, I I think I've talked about this or maybe added this into one of our workshops, but I, when I was in high school, I found this chart and it's called the pain to power vocabulary chart. And I was like eating this up in high school. I like printed it all out on like glitter gel pen because I was still in high school. So I had like this whole like glitter gel set pen or like gel glitter gel pen set. Yeah, and those I, cute colorful Yeah, pens. just the big yeah. ones. Um, And I put it on this like piece of graph paper and it's still in my room, honestly, at home. It's still up. But it's like instead of taking a, a situation and using like painful vocabulary to like negatively self-affirm or blame yourself it takes those words and changes them so um it's not all of them I don't think like one of them says it's not my fault in the pain part and then power it says I'm totally responsible which I don't necessarily agree with I don't think that that one like I think that this is a little outdated but I do think that some of them are good like um there's ones that say it's a problem versus it's an opportunity. Um, I'm never satisfied versus I want to learn and grow. Um, and then if only versus next time. So instead of like focusing on if only I had done this, you're looking forward and you're using like a powerful phrase and you're saying, I know that next time this will happen. Um, or like, I know that next time I will try harder. And then the last one is like, what will I do versus I know I can handle it. Um, and we talk about this a lot, like in our PMA workshops as well. Like even if it does sound like, I think, I think that we all need to just be like a little bit self-delusional sometimes. And like, even in situations where I'm like, oh God, like, this is so awful. I'm never going to recover from this. I always come out of it as just being like, well, I will recover. And that's that. And I think that like, <laughs> Like I've had so many like situations where I've been like crying over my future or like my present or whatever. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, well, I'll figure it out. Or like, well, this is what's happening right now. And like, that's what's going on. And then that kind of helps me gain power in the, in the situation again. So I'm like having this moment of pain and I'm thinking that everything's a problem. And then at the end of it, or if I work myself through it, it's a lot easier and more powerful to say like, this is an opportunity to do better. Um, but again, that kind of goes back to like the never feeling good enough, like vicious cycle. So I don't know, this is like a little bit of a tangent, but I think that like knowing that pain to power vocabulary and being able to like reshift the way that you're thinking about situations is really important. Thank you so much, Grace. I love that you shared that because I haven't heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll print so you I'm out a little poster for it. Googling it later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely going to Google it later and learn more about it. Um, so that's a really great tool to use. Um, there's also the three C's. And the three C's are change, commitment, and consistency. And these three things can help us shift our negative thoughts and help us become aware of our thoughts and what we're telling ourselves. And kind of like I was saying earlier, acknowledging what you're saying to yourself is really the first step and like realizing that your inner critic is being 
like negative, mm-hmm. pausing to acknowledge it and then asking yourself if it isn't or if it is even true. Like a lot of the times for me personally, what I'm saying to myself is honestly not true. And I just mm-hmm. need to give myself like a breather and like, re- like pause and remember that like what I'm saying isn't even true. Yeah. And so I definitely think acknowledging it is the first step with mm-hmm. anything. I feel like that's so stereotypical. <laughs> no, but I think there's truth to that. And I also think that like, I see a lot of just through getting to know you and our conversations that we've had with me, I feel like we are very similar people in the way that like we love to hype each other up and like encourage each other. And I'm always like a cheerleader for everyone in my life if I love them and want to cheer them on. Mm-hmm. And I try to be a huge advocate for anybody and everybody. But for myself, I'm none of those things. And it's like a skill that I just straight up do not have. And um, it's a skill that I really want to focus on learning. But I do see that a lot in you, Whitney. Like you're such a hard worker, but you always say at least something where you're like, oh, but I could do this or I could add on this or I could do this or I could do this for you and like stuff like Mm -hmm. that when you're already such a hard worker. And so I guess practicing that self-affirming talk and like kind of accepting that you are having negative thoughts is such a big step for people like us who are so used to just talking down on ourselves. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate, and I think we've said this and we're going to continue saying it, it does take so much mental and emotional labor. um, And we want to validate anyone who is trying to work on remodeling their brain, because that is what essentially we're trying to do is break those negative habits. And kind of like what you were saying and what I need to do (laughs) is to take those breaks and, or take those breaks and while you're working on yourself, but honestly, just like keep trying at it every day. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we talk a lot about this in our resiliency and our PMA positive mental attitude workshop, um, that it literally like rewires your brain. Like what Whitney said, it's not a hard or it's not an easy journey. It's, a lot of emotional and mental labor as well, because you're actively working against your brain's first thoughts. And when you're in a place where you can barely get out of bed or take care of yourself physically, it can be so hard to feel encouraged to take care of yourself mentally or like stop those thoughts because you can barely like function as a human. At least, I mean, that's like super severe, but I I definitely like think that that is a place where I struggle because it's like extra work when just existing sometimes feels like a lot of work. Um, So being able to have supports is really important during this journey you're on or whatever stage you're in, because this is not a solo journey. Like you can't just, even if it is like a solo internal thing, um, having people around you that interrupt you when you are saying negative stuff out loud, like Taylor, I'll go into his office and I'll be like, I'm so sorry I screwed this up. Like, I'm so dumb. And he'll literally drop everything. He'll be like, you're not dumb. Like, take it back right now. Like having those people around you and like kind of second guessing your negative self-talk is really important because if you're, it feels so much more encouraging having someone else validate or invalidate your bad feelings. Oh my gosh. I just want to shout someone out because this girl like changed how I 
like viewed people or like viewed myself. Um, and I should really bring this back because it's been a while since I've done this. But this girl, Aloha, she was one of my friends at my undergrad university. And every time one of us would say one negative thing about ourselves, we would have to out loud. She'd be like, Whitney, you said this about yourself. You need to say three positive things about yourself right now. And she would not let it go. And I love her to death. She's so amazing. But yeah, I just think that's a good part. Really good friend. And yeah, I really appreciated. It seemed silly. And we were like, Aloha, like, no. And she's like, no, (laughs) you need to say it. And she like held us to it. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that like that again is like an external force helping you along with your self-care, like self-affirmation journey Um, and picking a person who isn't judgmental and who will hold space for you and like let you share your feelings and make like just make sense of all of them. Um, And I, I think that like this is a good tool to like, I think what we're asking listeners for is like to think of someone while you're listening to this like think of someone that you would feel comfortable talking to this talking about this with um because having that external force is really helpful um and like what Whitney said let your feelings out make a list of self compliments so if you're talking bad about yourself list five things that you like about yourself versus one thing um if similar to a morning gratitude list, tell yourself five reasons why you are fabulous or you like yourself or something like that. And if it does feel ridiculous at first, like, yeah, of course it feels ridiculous. Cause if you're stuck in this cycle, it's not going to feel like truthful, but eventually your brain is going to rewire itself and it's going to have all that like neuroplasticity, like rewiring resiliency stuff, (laughs) a really horrible way of putting it. But, um, Ultimately, it just comes down to like the fact that you are judging yourself more than anybody is. And you don't have to share the list with anyone either. Like it can just be five things you like about yourself that nobody else knows about. Um, But if you're unsure of this person or like sharing with someone, like, I guess just don't share with them. But if you do feel like you need to share with them, um, make sure that you're like putting up a boundary or like kind of laying a foundation of like, I want this to be a non-judgmental space. I just need you to listen to this, not judge or problem solve, which I have major sort of growth and like also gripes with problem solving because I am a natural problem solver. Like if someone comes to me and is like, I'm feeling sad. I'm like, okay, let me throw this at you. We could do this. We could do, I'm like trying to plan out or like change something to help the person in the immediate moment when a lot of the time I've just had people be like, well, no, I actually don't want to fix it. I just kind of want it to vent. And I'm like, oh, okay. See, like that is a reflection of my ability to share with others because I only would share vulnerable moments with people if I desperately needed their help, not because I just wanted a shoulder to lean on because that's like a very alien thing to me. So having that person who you know will like uplift you or create that space for you is really important, but also laying down the foundation of like, I don't necessarily want to problem solve this because I know that it's going to be a long journey. I just want to vent to you. I think that's really helpful. That's the thing that I struggle with the most. Like I will say if I come home and I just want to vent or rant about whatever happened, like I will have to tell my partner, I'll have to be like, I don't want you to try to solve yeah. my problems for me because that's what he'll automatically jump to. Um, 
but I have a hard time like setting that boundary first. And then Mm -hmm. I get annoyed because I'm like, (laughs) why are you trying to solve it? Like, I didn't want you to tell me like these things. Like, I just wanted you to like, Mm -hmm. listen. And so I think it's important to also like, if you're the person who is struggling and wants to share with another person, try to set those boundaries ahead of time. Um, Cause I've been in that like circumstance where it's just started a fight, which is not yeah. how you want it to go. Yeah. Um, and I've been on opposite ends too, where it's like, I've been the person that's annoyed that the other person isn't trying to let me vent or, um, and I've been the other person before where I've like tried to fix the problem so many times. And it took a lot of, um, it took a lot of people telling me like, actually screw off like I don't want to know the solution like I'm actually just trying to vent like it took a lot of that kind of for me to realize that but um something I'm also learning right now or like thinking about a lot um is when someone's sharing a story with you or a vulnerable moment and then you come in afterward with like you're trying to empathize by saying oh something happened to me like this same thing happened to me like that type of thing like holding space for someone's emotional needs in the moment requires you to be in that moment with them, not constantly thinking of ways that you can empathize with them. But I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a tangent, but this, this whole kind of conversation about self-talk and self-affirmations is really interesting to me because it's so hard for me that I've, it's like not really a skill I've ever been able to cultivate. Um, So yeah, I think I'm just like super hard on myself, which I feel like anybody in the office can attest to. But I think both you and I, Whitney, are very similar. We think very similarly thought process wise. So it's nice to hold this conversation with you. Yeah, I definitely think that I liked talking about this, especially because we haven't mastered it ourselves. And I I mean, I hope that one day we will, but like, it's going to be a long process and it's going to maybe take our whole lives to figure it out possibly, but I'm glad we're talking about it with the perspective that we're not masters at it and we're still learning every day and we're still trying Mm -hmm. to practice these things. Um, Yeah. I just think that there's a lot of like vulnerability in that. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts and opinions too, Grace. Yeah. Thanks, Whitney. Um, I hope that you all listening learned something and I wish you all the best of luck in your self-talk and self-affirmation journey. Um, I think everybody deserves to have positive self-talk and I know how uncomfortable it can be at first, but even just that sort of thing where it's like writing down a few things you like about yourself helps a lot. I remember I did an, uh, an exercise with my sixth grade teacher. Her name was Miss Hug. And um, she made us all write on a note card, like five things we loved about our life or were grateful for. And then we had them taped on the inside of our lockers. So every morning when we would open them up, we would read them. And it was really sweet because she struggled a lot with mental health too. And looking back on, I was like 12, 11, 12 in sixth grade, right? So looking back on, I had like no idea, but now I'm her age because she was like really early 20s. I want to say she was like 23, 24 teaching us. And, um, now that I'm kind of at that age as her, I'm like, oh my God, that's like so sweet that she decided to share that with us and like be vulnerable and be like, I do this too in the morning. Like this helps me a lot. Like just thinking back to it's like really sweet that she 
was kind of like signaling her own mental health journey to us. And it's like something I've thought of, I've kept kind of in my back pocket. I've always kind of written down little things like that. So I just wanted to shout out her because I love her. So yeah, but <laughs> anyways, thank you so much, Whitney. And I hope that you all have a great time going into week 10, last week of the term. How yeah, are we feeling? Last... How are we feeling? <laughs> it's wild. I can't believe it's week 10 already. I'm going to use um, some pain to power vocabulary and mm. I'm going to say I am frightened, but I know that it's an opportunity to grow and learn. Oh, I love that. Love. Can we just end Thanks. the episode with that? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, it was nice to talk to you, Whitney. I'll see you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.